We are at the beginning of a new year, and uh, before I get started, I wanted to mention a, a few things. One, the Moore store is uh, is back. This is going to be the last Sunday that it's out uh, for a while, and uh, we just if you don't know what the Moore store is, you were not here for December, so hey, how you doing? Where you been? Just kidding. Um, so uh, the Moore store basically is, is, it was our attempt to uh, kind of, the Advent conspiracy is what we did through Christmas, it was to turn away from the Con, the religion of consumerism and kind of re-enter the story of Advent. Uh, the Moore store were uh, some, some different things that we had that, that were more than a gift. And, uh, and with it came a little card that talked about the water crisis in the world, that every 15 seconds a child dies from a waterborne illness. Yeah. And uh, the proceeds that we made from the Moore store uh, went to a place called Living Water International. Um, so we're going to have it one, out one more time this, this year. It is on our website uh, at all times, so you can always find it if you, uh, you know, run into a birthday and you're like, hey, you know what, that would be really cool to give for a birthday or something or Valentine's Day or something. Um, and uh, it, it, we'll bring it out periodically throughout the year, but we thought today would be a good day because uh, if you are, you know, a New Year's resolution type, uh, you know, person uh, and you have decided that you're going to get into shape this year and do stuff, then we have a great deal on some exercise mats for you. Uh, not really a big ticket item this year, not really a big seller. So we have plenty, really, if you'd like to get one. Um, that was Daryl's idea was the uh, yoga mat because he actually does yoga. Can you imagine that 6'6 doing yoga? Isn't that just a wonderful picture to see? Just this. Um, so, uh, so we have those back there, and I just want to give you an update on, on what happened with it. Uh, we raised enough money through, um, through this Christmas to drill a well in, uh, in a country, so that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, thank you uh, for participating in it and believing in it. And uh, we sold out of those water bottles, the metal water bottles. Uh, they went fast. We had a lot of those, too. And the coolers uh, were the biggest items. Uh, we sold out of both of those items. And um, it's just really cool to think. I don't know exactly where. I believe that it's going to be somewhere in South America uh, that, the, uh, that the well goes. I don't know exactly where I'm going to try to find out for us. But uh, it's really cool that if you are one of the people that has one of the more than a gift items, um, I have a T-shirt, and so, you know, when I put that T-shirt on, I'm going to know uh, that somebody is drinking clean and safe water uh, because I, I bought that T-shirt. And uh, so I, I hope you do the same thing. And uh, I actually gave, Jen and I gave our nieces to the canteens. We filled it with candy, but we gave them the canteens, and we talked about it on uh, the night we did Christmas with my side of the family. Um, they're one in high school, and one in fifth grade, and we sat down and we talked about the water crisis and why we were giving them the gift that we were giving them. And um, so hopefully they can go to their schools and when they use those bottles, uh, tell people about it. So it was a cool experience for us as a family, and I and, uh, just really appreciate all that uh, you all did to, to support it. So there you go on the more store. Um, second thing is this, on a, on a different note altogether, I was not here last week, but I know Daryl mentioned our chief of staff, uh, Chris DeSabato, um, and we as a community prayed. Uh, for him. And I know many of you are not here and don't know what's going on. Christmas Eve, Chris, uh, who, is, who runs, uh, I mean, Chris is the man behind the curtain, essentially, here at the church. And uh, he came down with some really severe pain in his abdomen. Uh, they took him to the hospital on Christmas Eve, and he was in the hospital up until very recently. Um, he is now home. Um, they, they found a tumor in, his, uh, in this area. Uh, they, they still, they don't really know yet uh, what's going on, but he is in severe pain and under constant fever. 
And so we would just continue to ask you uh, for prayers for him. He is a, a gentle man who is a genius at running this church. And everything that happens at this church is, is some way touched uh, by Chris. So if you've ever been on this campus for any reason, and you are right now, you have uh, been affected by his ministry and his service to the kingdom. So just ask you to continue to, to, uh, to pray for Chris and for Marianne, his wife, who, who really is, you know, taking on the, she's a kindergarten teacher. Like she doesn't have enough going on, um, in the world, uh, to, uh, to support her husband. So we do covet that, uh, those prayers. Um, so where do we go from here? It's a new year. We just came out of Advent Conspiracy, where we're trying to do things differently. And before that, we were doing uh, the W-5 project. Don't worry, we're not going back to the W-5 project, as I'm sure some of you are relieved. Um, But we learned a lot from that experience. Uh, We learned a lot as a community, I think. We learned a lot as a leadership team. I learned a lot as a pastor about where God's leading us. Last week, if you were here, David was here, and he gave his State of the Church uh, address. I guess, and, uh, and gave his kind of vision for um, the new year. And basically his vision was this. Oh, <laughs> he said it a little bit more elaborately, but that was pretty much the crux of it. It was, where are we going? I don't know, wherever God takes us. We don't know what, what the church has been doing over the past 50, 100 years is no longer working. So we have to change. Uh, denominations are crumbling the mainline denominations are dying in this country, uh, including the Methodist Church. We are dying in this country. Even the bishops now are starting to acknowledge that fact, um, which that's kind of shocking in and of itself. And so what happens? What do we do if we can't do what we were doing and we don't know where we're going? What, what do we do? Well, we just continue to put one foot in front of the other and see where God leads. And so that's kind of where we've been going in New Heights for a while, trying to figure out, okay, God, where are you going? What do you want us to do? We know you don't want us to go back to where we were, but we don't know the final destination. I mean, we do, but, you know, we don't know the final road. And um, so after prayerful consideration, with the exception of this Sunday, I'm going to do something different. Um, Starting next Sunday, what what we're going to do is Matthew. Uh, We're going to start in the book of Matthew. And go and there's 28 chapters in the book of matthew so does that mean we take 28 weeks to get through it no i doubt it i think it'll take us longer than that because some of the chapters are going to require more attention some of the stuff matthew 5 for instance a lot of bit of you know a lot of nuggets in there uh, sermon on the mount a little bit of stuff you know so it may take us a while to get through matthew 5 um but we're going to go through Matthew and, uh, and, and walk through it together. Uh, we'll do some verse-by-verse stuff. We'll do some sections, things like that. If it takes us three months, if it takes us six months, if it takes us all year, um, we'll just feel what God is telling us to do, and that's kind of the direction I feel like God's pointing to us right now, so that's where we're headed. What does that mean for you? Well, one, you know what's coming. All your, until we get to Matthew 28, until we get to the Great Commission, which is, you know, the end of Matthew, you know what's coming. So if you have ever wondered what scripture I'm going to use, chances are it will be in Matthew. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm going to stand up here and do Greek all year long. I'm not going to do Hebrew all year long either. Um, I will do some Greek and some Hebrew when it's appropriate and when I feel like it's going to add something. Um, but it will also be life applicable because um, 
Somebody was worried that if we do too intensive a study on a book that it will miss out on what it means to me. Um, not that that person is all about me, but it was just a concern that she had. And, and so that's my, you know, my take for that. Some of you want to come and, and, and feel like God's speaking to you. Well, guess what? God does speak to us through the text. So that's, if you have any questions about that, um, please come and see me afterwards. Uh, if you have any thoughts, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, um, I mean, if they're indifferent, don't bother coming up. But if they're good or bad, please um, come forward and, and let me know. Uh, what you think of that. So there you go. Next week, by the way, we're not going to start at Matthew 1 because we just did the Christmas story. So I I feel like it's kind of like reiterating stuff. So we're going to jump into, I believe it's like midway through Matthew 2 after the wise men make their grand appearance. Um, So if you're wondering. So you can read ahead now. You all can read Matthew. Go. Okay, not yet. Um, but today we are, uh, it's the first Sunday in a new year, so like uh, many pastors around the country, and because I was not prepared to begin Matthew today, we are going to do a New Year's Day sermon. Yay. That's right. How many of you are New Year's resolution type people? Like you make them every year? Wow, y'all are so pessimistic about yourselves. How many of you actually keep them throughout the year? I don't believe that at all. Maybe you, but not you. You just don't look like that type of person. Okay, yeah, very few people make resolutions anymore. I mean, why? Why kid yourself that you're going to do something all year long when you haven't ever done it in your life before? Oh, but now I'm going to this year. But we all say that from time to time. This year I'm going to start doing this. Yes. No. It's not going to happen. I mean, I'm not the type of person to do that. I'm not a type A person. I'm a type B personality. It's like whatever happens, happens, you know? If I start on a direction and it stops, oh, well, there's another direction to take down the road. Um, I'm kind of the laid-back personality of what happens is God's will kind of type deal, and which drives my type A wife nuts, really. Um, so <clears throat> that's another sermon series. Um, so this, this year I, I kind of wanted to talk about a New Year's resolution, but not really, okay? So we're going to go down that road, but we're not really on. Uh, it'll just look like that road a little bit. But uh, yesterday Jenna and Corbin were out in the backyard, and they were um, they were playing golf, but they were also uh, uh, gardening, I, I guess is the – that's kind of using it loosely. They, um, Jenna was digging weeds out of, of our back fence area. And Corbin was calling her, uh, calling himself Little Farmer Boy, and Jen was Little Farmer Girl, and I think he had his overalls on. They were just having a hunky-dory time, and I was so happy that I was not out there with them. Um, I just, I can't stand yard work. I don't, I don't like to do it. I know some people, it's like therapeutic for them, and they get out there and they mow, and it's instant gratification. Where, oh, look, it's so beautiful, right where I've left it, and. Um, I, I can't stand yard work. I don't use the word hate very often, but I think yard work has achieved that status in my mind. I hate it. Don't like it. It never makes me feel good. I mean, so why do I do it? I don't. My wife does, and other people that love me um, do. Um, my father-in-law is a yard maniac. He loves to do yards. I mean, the guy just, it's his his moment with God. And so I'm like, dude, I have plenty of moments with God you can achieve over at my house. Um, and he does. And so Jenna's out there and she's pulling weeds and she's just so excited. And she's got just dirt in her nails and just crusted hands and just looks beautiful, um, as gardeners do. And she comes up to the door. Uh, she knocks on the door and she's like, Michael. And I'm, 
yes, because, um, you know, there's football on yesterday. And so I go to the door, and, and she's like, and I'm hoping the question isn't, could you get a bag and help me bag this up? And um, But it wasn't. She was like, oh, I just had this great moment. It's like, what? She goes, well, you know, I was out here pulling these weeds, and and I felt like, have you seen these weeds? And I'm like, well, well yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're actually kind of ginormous um, back there in the fence. She's like, did these just spring up? No, um, they've actually been growing for us. That's, that's why they're so big, actually, because they've been growing um, for a while. She's like, I haven't even noticed them. Like, oh, well, yeah, they've been there. She's like, yeah, that's what I thought, you know, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like I was so busy during the Christmas season that I didn't notice all of this stuff that I can't stand just kind of creeping up in our backyard. And I'm like, okay, are we done? Um, She's like, and God, and God kind of told me um, that, you know, it, it's like, I think a lot of us during the holiday season, we get so busy in things that we allow these weeds to pop up in our lives and we're not aware of them until they're so big because we're so focused on other things. I'm like, wow. Can, can I use that tomorrow? Is that, do you want to actually do the sermon? Because that's, but isn't that a beautiful analogy? It's in Jenna, by the way, her, her experience with uh, pulling weeds is like grabbing Satan by the throat and ripping him out at the roots. Seriously. I mean, that's what she does. She envisions Satan and goes, yeah. So, you know, so those of you yard people, there you go. Um, and I was, you know, it really is true. We get so busy during this past month, two months, you know, the whole uh, Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's, it just goes, speeds up. We have so many things to do. You're, you're ending your year. So in your business, you're trying to wrap things up. Whatever it is, you're trying to get deals done before the end of the year. Whatever school ends, you're trying to get stuff done for that. Then you have all the Christmas stuff and the parties and the traveling and then the New Year's. And all this stuff happens that, that can just confuses your schedule and just confounds it. And, and so something has to get left behind. And quite generally, it is those things that slow us down there are those moments when we stop and and just have time with god those moments that we just have a quiet moment and peace and prayer and and be in our relationship with god and so when we stop those things and we just let the world just kind of consume us these weeds start to just start taking over our life and and we don't even realize it a lot of times before they've grown ginormous and so what I, what I want to do today is I'm, we're going to go through Romans 12, Romans chapter 12. You got your Bible open to Romans chapter 12. I, I kind of want to go through this because I don't want to call you to a New Year's resolution. Like these are the steps I must take this year. No, what I want you to do is, is to do something that we've been talking about in New Heights for a long time is, is live your life the way that God has intended you to do. You know, the, the New Year is a good time to stop and to look back over the past year. And you can see where you've been, what you've done, the, the things that worked well, the things that didn't work well, the, the accomplishments, the failures. And, and it's a good time to, to kind of take stock, reevaluate, and move forward. So when I want you to move forward, I, I don't want you to try to reinvent anything. I just want you to remember who you are, a child of God, that God has called you to live your life in a certain way. So let's do that this year. Let's try to be Christians. Not just in name. So Romans chapter 12 is where, what we're going to look at today. 
But, uh, and, and one of the things, I, I typically say open your text or open your Bible to Romans 12. And the reason I say that is because I actually want you to open your Bible to Romans 12 or wherever we are. I, I want you to have a, a Bible with you. We do put it on the screen um, from time to time, and we will throughout Matthew because we'll know where we're going. Um, and, and that's great to see it up there. And it's a very similar translation to what I read up here, but not exactly. That doesn't matter anyway. But the, the problem with this is you can't write notes on that because we'll take you down. I mean, seriously, that's an expensive screen. If you try to write something on that, your Daryl will chop you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can't, you're not holding it in your hands. And there's something to be said about having the Word of God there and reading it with those things and having your personal Bible. So I encourage you, um, if you don't have it today, get get out. <clears throat> we'll wait. Just kidding. If you don't have it today, that's fine. But get one. Bring it during this Matthew study, the study of Matthew. Let's really get into that. And if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have, please come see me. Um, come see me. We'll get you one. We have quite a few of them around here at the church. If anything, we'll go down to the sanctuary and borrow a few. We won't do that. Um, they might be upset. Chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. Basically what Paul is doing here is he's, he really sets before you a, a path. He really sets before you, um, th- if you want to live your life for God and for Christ, if you want to be a true believer, then live your life this way. Uh, basically, it's kind of a roadmap, essentially. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is it really too much to ask? Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. What Paul sets out before you in the beginning of Romans 12 is this. You have two choices, the way of the world or the way of God. And he's telling you, do not choose the way of the world. Do not let the way of the world just tell you who you should be, but be who God wants you to be. Allow God to change your mind and then experience how awesome that is. Experience how momentous it is when you allow God to run your life. When you choose that path that God has laid before you, how much peace and joy. Sure, there's going to be tough times, but you come through it with a different sense. So Paul opens Romans 12 by saying, don't go the way of the world, but go the way of God. And then he breaks it down a little bit and he says at verse 3, as God's messenger, I give each of you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a specific function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. What's Paul talking about here? Community. He's talking about the body of Christ, the family of God. He's talking about us. We need one another. He is, he's just saying, you know, you can't do this on your own. You must be together. You must surround one another. In those difficult moments when things are going rough and you're down, you need the brothers and sisters of Christ to come alongside you and to lift you up and to be my arms and to be my hands and my feet and 
to share my love with each other. In the W5 projects, one of the, the Sundays that we had was focused on community. And the reason was is because it's important. It's because that is part of the life of the church. That's the part of the life of a believer in Jesus Christ is getting to know the people of the family of God. I mean, every Sunday we say, you know, turn and shake a hand, say good morning, uh, find somebody you don't know and say hi to them, greet them. We don't do that to kill time. I mean, sometimes Daryl has to tune. But truly, it's, it's so that we can become a true family. I mean, when we say greet a new face, how many of you actually really do seek out someone you don't know? How many of you, like, come from up here and then go all the way back there because you know everyone up here? And you're like, you know, uh, you, I don't know you. It's like freak them out a little bit. Hey, I'm Michael. How's it going? I mean, how, how many of you really know the names of the people sitting around you? And I know some of you may be visitors and some of you may be like, Crocker, I hadn't been here in like six months. I know. Welcome back. It's like we're season ticket holders sometimes. And these are our season tickets. And, and we sit here and this is our seat. And we know the people in the seats around us, but we don't know anyone else. But the family of God isn't just limited to that little pocket. It's all of us. So Paul is stressing community that we need one another in the body of Christ. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. There's a lot more that he could have said here. If you have this gift, do it. If you have this gift, do it. If you have the gift of this, use it. What Paul is saying here is you have been given a spiritual gift by God. You've been given a few gifts by God, spiritual gifts by God. But but maybe one is more prevalent than the other. He's saying use it. Because we need you to. If you have the gift of prayer, become a member of the prayer team. Be a prayer warrior. Pray for people because we need people to be prayer warriors. If you have the gift of service and you just like to serve and you don't care what it is, we need you to serve. Not just here in the church, but in the world. If you have the gift of teaching, become a teacher. If you have the gift of preaching... Get up here and kick me off the stage and let's hear God's word. We all have a gift that has been given to us by God. And what Paul is saying is we need you to use it. God designed it so that we all work together as a team. There, there is no individual competition here. When Jesus sent the disciples out, he didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out together in twos. Why? Because you can't do it on your own. We must band together as the family of God and use the gifts that God's given us. Ray Vanderlyn tells uh, um, a a little story when they were uncovering the Temple Mount in Jerusalem that down below the earth, like way down below, they find these huge, just gorgeous stones. They're not stones, they're like enormous rocks that have been carved out meticulously and then placed purposefully. And then they find these others up that are higher and real polished and things that are up higher and that serve different functions. And, and what Ray says, what he calls to your attention through this, is that 
You know that one, uh, that pretty one that's up top that everyone sees in the temple? It could never be there if it weren't for the one beneath the ground. What his point was, it takes all of us, as we are the temple of God, it takes all of us to build that temple. If one of us is missing, there is a great deal missing. Not all of us are going to be the pretty stones that everyone looks at. That's not funny. <laughs> not all of us are going to be the ones that people see and that people, some of us are going to be behind the scenes. Some of us are going to be the Christus Sabbaths of the world who are the men behind the curtain who so much goes on because of his service to God, but you probably could not pick him out of a lineup. So much goes on because all of us join together to serve God. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, we have these little spiritual trails. You can pick it up. If you haven't taken one of those gift assessments in a while, retake it because you might have matured. You might have grown and God might have moved something up front that didn't used to be there. You can also get a spiritual gift assessment online. So if you want to go check that out as well, I encourage you to do so. Verse 9, don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of good, like yard work, by the way. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and always be prayerful. When God's children are in need, be the one to help them out and get into the habit of inviting guests for dinner or if they need lodging for the night. If people persecute you because you're a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God would bless them. When others are happy, be happy with them. If they are sad, share their sorrow. Live in harmony with each other. Don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Dear friends... Never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. Instead, do what the scriptures say. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. And they will be ashamed of what they have done to you. Don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. I sped through that because we're late. But there's a lot in there that tells you two things. You have an option to go the way of the world, or you have an option to go the way of God. Every morning when you wake up, you have two choices, one to go the way of the world or one to go the way of God. This year, let's choose the way of God. Let's choose to love instead of to hate. Let's choose to help instead of to push down Let's choose to be God in this world, to a world that desperately, desperately needs his presence. It's not a New Year's resolution. It's a call to a way of life, a remembrance of who we are, of whose we are. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. God, we thank you that you have given us an option you don't force us into anything, Lord, but you give us a choice to choose the way of the Lord or to choose the way of the world. 
God, we ask that you would help us all to have the courage and the discipline to choose your way. And Lord, we know that there will be moments when we fail and we take the way of the world because it's easier, because it's less confusing, for whatever reason, because we forget. Forgive us for those moments. Redirect us back to your path. Help us to be the hands and feet and love of Jesus in this world. In his name we pray. Amen. Um, if you're helping with communion, please come forward. Nobody got up. On the night he was to be betrayed, he sat around the table with the disciples, and he took the bread, and he broke it, and he gave thanks for it. And he said, take this, eat all of you. This is my body, which is given for you. After supper was over, he took the cup, and he raised it to heaven, and he blessed God for it. And he said, take this, drink all of you. This is my blood, blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. And so as we come to the table this first Sunday of the new year, we are given this gift of life and an opportunity to choose the way of the world or to choose the way of God. Let this moment that you come to God's table infuse you with the spirit, with the life-giving power of Jesus Christ, that you may be a living sacrifice for God in the world. Let us pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for this gift of life, this body and blood. We ask that you would help us to be open as we come to the table, that we may truly experience your presence. Lord, we thank you for this gift of life, and we pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would make this be for us the body and blood of Christ, and that we would be living sacrifices for you in this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.